Denver Sports at 104.3 The Fan proudly present Be a Mentor, Be a Fan. Learn more about getting involved at denversports.com slash mentor. Happy Saturday morning. Be a Mentor, Be a Fan is our campaign here at Denver Sports 104.3 The Fan as we're advocating and encouraging people to get involved in mentorship here in the Denver area. DenverSports.com slash mentors, the site we're encouraging everyone to go to, uh, learn how you can become a mentor. We're partnered with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Colorado. They've got a huge need looking for help finding mentors. And there's so many connections with sports, which is why we're, we're glad every Saturday morning to talk with different personalities and get a little insight into their background and how mentorship helped get them to where they are today. Today, we're pleased to be joined by Brock Heward of Seattle Sports 710, former NFL quarterback. Good morning, Brock. Good morning, Raj. Thanks uh, for having me. Yeah, fun topic and certainly been an enormous influence, those mentors in my life. No, I, I'm really excited to hear how they got you to where you're at and how that helped impact you because your career has many different paths in terms of not only playing football, but you've had a long broadcasting career, not just being a radio host, but uh calling games as well, so several different areas. So we're excited to get into it. I guess let's get started here. When did you start playing football? Um, And were there any coaches, anyone kind of along the way that sort of helped you begin that process? Well, I started eating Nerf footballs when I was three years old, and that's a, that's a fact. We would, I did not know I was doing that necessarily, but my, my mom would be like, what in the world is happening to these Nerf footballs? Was it an animal? What, what is going on in the backyard? But no, it was uh, literally and figuratively in my blood from a very young age. I'm a son of a coach. My dad was a high school football coach, um, and as, and as really young as I can remember, we were around the game, a ball boy from the time I could probably walk watching him coach high school teams and and then he really built an amazing program where most of my youth and childhood uh, childhood was in Puyallup, Washington. Uh, landed there in 1984, 83, so I was six or seven, and those were the years that I remember the most. Built a powerhouse, built a state title winning, kind of like here in this area that uh, you've seen Cherry Creek and Mullen High School. My dad uh, did much of the same uh, at Puyallup High School, and so I was around coaching and the influence and the mentorship that he had on his assistants, on his players, as a teacher at the high school uh, from a very, very early age. Did you find, uh, because obviously in this case it's your your dad, so you're having that presence at home as well, uh, did you find it was uh, more impactful? Did you find it was maybe even a little awkward or uncomfortable at times that you know he's wearing those multiple hats of kind of coach slash mentor, but also dad? It was a little easier for me, Raj, because I watched the uh, number one, the older brother, uh, and the trial and error that went into all of that. And as he had to navigate that, and he had to run the football post at the football field. And, and my old brother, Damon, uh, 12 years in the NFL as well, um, he and my dad almost had a more brotherly relationship, and they would butt heads, and they would get after it. And I was the middle child, overly sensitive at times, certainly overly analytical, reading into all of that. But it made my path a little easier is those two I think worked out some of that and you knew that he was going to be harder on you than he had to be on everybody else on the team that old adage that you hear from parents still today that coach their kids right that that's probably just a natural uh, given in that but he also fostered amazing relationship he also was a connector in our community as I said he built a powerhouse there that everybody wanted to be involved with so it really wasn't hard to, to jump in and and follow his leadership, which was pretty, uh, pretty remarkable at that time. 
uh, obviously all three of you, uh, three, right? Three yeah. mothers, uh, uh, athletic background. But how much do you think that mentorship, so to speak, played in the part of you guys having that level of athletic success? Not just that you had the physical tools, but yep. everything else that came with oh, it. Oh, I think a tremendous amount. I think Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, when you know he talks about those different situations and those 10,000 hours that uh, that you start to spend well for us you know we were my mom and dad were both public uh, teachers my mom stayed home as a as a homemaker until Luke my youngest was in school and we didn't have a lot I mean there was not a lot of means we we would run out of food at the end of the month at times and it was milk uh, by the gallon that we would drink and casseroles uh, just about every every week for sure to just try to keep us all fed and, and grown and and all that good stuff so um, for me, you know, our fun and those hours were spent in the gym. They were, we had the keys to the high school, right? We had the swimming pool. That was, that was like our extravagance. Like, yeah, you know, dad's going down to work on the shoulder pads and his, and his gear and inventory. We're going to go in the gym and we're going to shoot hoops and we're going to swim. And we're going to play. And, and then we're going to invite other friends to do the same and build that community. And so, yeah, this, the, the, the influence, I think mentorship to me, oftentimes I hear the word mentor and I hear influence. Like as a mentor, and for me in my livelihood and life, it's been a lot of sports. But that is so—it's so much more than just sports to be a mentor. It's that influence you can have on others, and to watch my dad's influence on and off the field, to watch him impact, to bring kids into our home. Um, you know, there were there were so many players in those years that had nothing and didn't come from the stability we did as a family, and we became their their family. Um, in many ways. So yeah, to watch that mentorship, to watch that influence, it was certainly profound in my life. So as you're kind of evolving, you're getting older, um, you're sort of physically starting to fill out and you realize, you know, at some point I'm sure you recognize that college football is a possibility for you. Uh, Who helps you navigate that process? Um, You know, is it coaches? Do you have guidance counselors, teachers, uh, older brother? Who helps you kind of navigate those waters as you're deciding your next step. Yeah. Once again, Rogers, I think about that. Not only was Damon, you know, relationally with my dad, kind of the trailblazer, uh, the, the program was as well. Billy Joe Holbert, uh, was an all American and went on to win a national championship at Washington. And he was my dad's quarterback that, that moved to the area. And again, watched my dad mentor and teach and grow and influence and, and become a tremendous player. And there was a bit of a pipeline from Puyallup high school to Don James and the University of Washington, a number of players, obviously my older brother Damon that I followed in that line as well. So I wasn't the first that had to navigate that, and I got to watch those relationships and and get to know those coaches, those assistant coaches, those recruiting coordinators, those recruiting coaches. Uh, there were other coaches on my dad's staff that were tremendous men as well, tremendous mentors that if it wasn't my dad's voice that I needed to hear, there were coaches on that staff. There were teachers in the high school, uh, wonderful teachers that, again, when my dad had stability there and built that culture there and all those relationships and connections, there was a trust. You know, There was a trust amongst counselors and teachers and coaches and parents. And so, man, I had a, a just an, you know, as, as, as I talk about this, it's probably not something I talk about a ton, but as you bring it to light, it is, gosh, I can close my eyes and just picture so many 
of those incredible mentors and influences I had in my life at that stage. Former NFL quarterback Brock Heward from Seattle Sports sitting in with me, Rod Sharon. It's Be a Mentor, Be a Fan this Saturday morning on Denver Sports 104.3 The Fan. We're advocating for people to get involved in mentorship. DenverSports.com slash mentor is our site where you can learn how you can get involved. We're partnering with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Colorado. They've got a huge need and a wonderful organization if you're looking for somewhere where you can get involved and help. And obviously with the sports tie-in, coaching just becomes so sort of hand-in-hand. And Brock's been talking a little bit about his dad being a coach and his older brother sort of helping him. So tell me about the decision to wind up going to Washington and uh, <laughs> what role did uh, the coaches or, or, or maybe it was an administrator or someone like that. W- yep. Was there any specific persons or person that, that helped influence you to make that decision? Well, this story I have told about a hundred different times in, in different ways at speaking events and engagements and, and on the air on my radio show. And I, I loved UCLA. So I love the sunshine. I love the beach. I still do. Um, I loved Terry Donahue as far as connecting with a single individual coach, rest in peace, Terry. Um, he was the one that I admired and respected and probably the hardest phone call in my life was telling him no, to be honest with you. Um, so I went on that trip to UCLA. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was really down to UCLA and Washington. There was another QB on the West Coast. Um, the football fans name they would know, Caden McNown who was from West Lynn, Oregon, and he and I were the top two guys on the coast at that time, and our final two were Washington and UCLA. And and ultimately, where I went, he went the other way, and I came home from my UCLA trip. I had told some of my high school buddies, I think I'm going to UCLA. Like, I just, Troy Aikman had been there, Terry Donahue, as I said, I just connected with, and and I came back from that trip. I told some of my buddies, and then I sat down with Damon, uh, who was back for the weekend, and my dad. And uh, we walked through the conversation and they said, hey, you do what you need to do. Wherever your heart is leading you, go for it. But just understand something. Understand community, connection, these roots that run very, very deep. If you go to UCLA, they won't be the same. They can never be the same as what you could develop here because this is your home. Uh, This is where, and and this was a day and age, this was last century, (laughs) where, you know, we don't have social media, where you don't stay connected, you know, where there isn't the, I don't even think the internet was around. So those things were not available. And your roots and those connections were with the people you loved and knew. And that community knew me. And the University of Washington and that state of Washington knew me. And, you know, to their point, it was, if you want to make this home, if you think this is going to be your home down the road, you can never build the kind of root system at the beach that you can right here in your backyard. And man, did that prove true. From radio shows to the real estate job that I had when I was done with football to doing all that I do now in the media, you know, those roots run very, very, very deep. And that counsel and that mentorship, and it wasn't a have to, and it wasn't this is what you need to do. It was just engaging that thought process of, hey, Realize you can win the Heisman Trophy at UCLA and you're never coming home. This is a Washington town. This is a purple and gold community. This is where your home is. And if you want to go uproot it and begin a new life elsewhere, go for it. If that really is where your heart is leading you. But if you know that this is going to be home for you, just know where your 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 roots are and know where those go very, very deep. And that was pretty darn wise counsel at that time. It sounds like it. So when you get to Washington, so you, you make the decision, you, you are going to uh, stay. Who helps you with that process? Are, are, are there coaches? Are there older, uh, you know, more experienced uh, teammates? You know, who helps you <laughs> acclimate 
to becoming a college football player and handling that pressure that I'm sure came yep. with being the, the hometown kid who chose Well, there was there. a fifth-year senior quarterback by the name of Damon Heward that, that certainly <laughs> helped, and that was both a blessing and a curse because by that time, he was not timely to meetings. By that time, he was getting married. By that time, it was not the same mentorship. And I was like, bro, where are you? You know, like you're going to run stairs if you're late to this meeting and some of the angst and stress and worry uh, that that created. But and that that's the curse side of it. The blessing was he was there and he had navigated that trail and he had gone through the peaks and the valleys. And certainly my career over the next four years there had some significant peaks and some significant valleys. So, you know, watching him endure that, some amazing court coaches, Scott Linehan, uh, became an NFL coach. He was my coordinator, my ally, my advocator, my friend through college was was an enormous resource. And then, you know, your community of friends from from church, from roommate, from team, um, ultimately from my girlfriend who became my wife at the end of college. Wonderful relationships and connections you begin to make. DenverSports.com slash mentor. That's the site we're advocating to go to. When we come back with Brock Heward, we'll finish up with Washington, head to the NFL, and then a new journey in broadcasting. That's all to come right here on The Fan. Denver Sports at 104.3 The Fan proudly present Be a Mentor, Be a Fan. Learn more about getting involved at DenverSports.com slash mentor. Welcome back to Be a Mentor, Be a Fan this Saturday morning on 104.3 The Fan. I'm Rod Sharon along with former NFL quarterback Brock Heward, morning host with Seattle Sports 710. And we're talking about mentorship, advocating, encouraging people to get involved and head to denversports.com slash mentor and learn how you can get involved as a mentor. And you've talked a lot about your father. You've talked a lot about your older brother. Uh, but at some point, your older brother does leave Washington. Mm-hmm. Father's not your coach anymore. What's that experience like uh, now that you're swimming by yourself a little bit? Yeah, it's one that is now buttressed by relationships and friendship uh, friendships that you develop in college. You know, and as I now have two young daughters that have gone off to college, one will be a junior at the University of Montana. Number two leaves home here soon to become a freshman there. Both basketball players and watching them wade through those waters and encouraging them does bring me back to those days where a Mike Gunn, the pastor on campus with Athletes in Action, was a vital and critical role in my life at that time, pouring into me, as I said, through some amazing peaks and some great victories, but also some valleys because I came into the University of Washington at a time where they were in sanctions, where there had been recruiting violations, where the aforementioned Billy Joe Hobart and some of his teammates had some extracurricular activities and uh, USC and the conference couldn't wait to pounce on the problem. And Don James went out the door and, you know, some real challenges came in the door as far as just talent and depth and all that other uh, thing on the field. So um, some amazing players I played with early, some amazing early success. And then my final year, it was tough. Uh, I, 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 it really thought long and hard about going pro the year before after my third year in college where we had success, where we broke records, where the team was really good. And that was the draft with Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. And again, reaching out to mentors and friends and people navigating that critical, critical decision in my life and decided, no, I'm going to come back to school. I'm going to get married. I'm going to get my degree. I'm going to have a whole lot more of the the offense and, and the hand in it. And I'm going to go for it. And not that that backfired in any way because I did get my degree. I ended up getting married the end of that year. But football was the worst year of my life. The biggest struggle. Got hurt physically. Got hurt mentally and emotionally. The team struggled. Uh, we barely made a bowl game. And it was it was a hard season for me. And that is where 
the Mike Guns. That's where my youth pastor, Scott Sears, from growing up. That's where my parents from afar. That's where all of those mentors and friends help you in those valleys, help you pull up and realize this is, you know, this is where adversity does make you stronger, where, gosh, your thin is, your skin is going to get thicker, your grit is going to be developed, and you're going to have to walk through the peaks and valleys in sport at that level to get back to a mountaintop and get back to the positive experiences that followed. So after the challenge of your last year at college, you're getting ready for the NFL, so you're dealing with all these emotions and, and disappointments like you're talking about, uh, who helps you as you're getting ready to do interviews, mm-hmm. pro days, mm-hmm. workouts, and I'm sure you're up there with coaches breaking down stuff on whiteboards. Yep. Who helps you through that process? Yeah, there were former teammates, certainly, uh, former teammates that had been through the process and had gone down that road. I ended up going with an old agent named Marvin Demoff, uh, who had been around a long time. He and Lee Steinberg were really the uh, the trailblazers in the agency business with the Elways and the Marinos and and some of those top notch guys and and I needed at that time a Marvin Demoff. There was another agent, my, actually my brother's agent, who ended up actually working for the Denver Broncos as I, I believe their capologist's name was Mike Sullivan, who really pursued me and wanted to be my agent. And again, that's a tough phone call because I knew at that time in my life I really wanted to go with the age and the experience and needed that of a Marvin Demoff. And that was a hard call to make because Mike was almost family. You know, he had been a great agent for Damon and was his whole 12 years and a mentor. But it was different for me, and I had to make a different choice. And Marvin was a guiding light of just experience, of having been there and done it. Such wisdom, decades and decades of it. So he was a huge, played a huge role in that transition. And then ultimately, I get drafted by the hometown team. I fall to 77 in the draft. Thought I was going to go to Baltimore in the second round with the great Brandon Stokely. He and I were on a pre-draft visit. He ended up getting drafted to the Ravens. I thought I was going there. Billick and Ozzie Newsom said as much that if they didn't go QB in the first round, they were going to take me in the second round. I didn't. Uh, they traded for Tony Banks on draft day. I end up going to the hometown team. And, man, all those roots, all those relationships, all that community that was built in when I made the decision to stay at Washington was right there as I headed to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so, so you wind up getting drafted by the Seahawks. I'm trying to pinpoint. So we're talking about 1999. Yep. Uh, who's in charge? Who's making the decision to bring you in? And, uh, again, like you said, keep you at home. Mike Holmgren was hired by uh, Paul Allen at that time uh, to come to be the guy, to not just be the head coach, but to be the GM and to be the president. He won a Super Bowl in Green Bay. And I remember vividly my call with Marvin Demoff, again, blessing and curse, right? The, uh, the both sides of it. He said, listen, you know, the blessing is this guy has developed quarterbacks. The curse is he's really hard on his guys. Like it's going to be a real challenge. And the blessing is he knows his football. The curse is he thinks he's going to know everything and can be president and GM and coach, which we know you can't. And that's been proven over the decades. And that was hard. He was hard. Those are some tough, tough years. Thank God for John Kitna because he was just, of, of all of these names I mentioned, probably aside from my dad and my brother, my own blood, he was probably the one that was the most influential. Uh, he was a rock. He was so strong in his conviction, his faith. He weathered an unbelievable storm that Mike Holmgren just pelted him with and just demoralized him. And almost at times, you know, I'm not going to say dehumanized because professional sports is big boy business, but watching him stand so strong through that discouragement was such a testimony and, and ultimately got to the other side of it and ultimately made John better. 
through 18 year NFL career and make Mike Holmgren better. And, and, and when he got Matt Hasselback and it wasn't me that turned it, but it was Matt turned it and brought them to a Super Bowl and found even more success. And we've talked a lot about, and we tend to always talk about the kind of more formal mentorship roles, uh, yep. a father, a coach, a teacher, whatever. You're talking about John Kitna making this huge impact as a peer, as one Correct. of your teammates in the locker. Correct. Yeah. And yeah, a couple of vivid stories. I remember I was not and am not a morning guy, but we go to play Chicago week long-time one. Long-time morning talk show host. Yes. Not long-time a morning, morning talk show host. Not a morning guy. You know, uh, just God's sense of humor. But nope, woke up and I'm like, oh, so early. And John's like, get up. Like, it's not early. It's 7 a.m. And I'm like, no, man, it's 5 a.m. I'm like, no, it's not 7 a.m. Get up. You know, he was a no-nonsense, you know, this is how you do your job, this is how you treat people, this is how you, you know, you walk well, and, and he was. He was a peer, but he had just such a, such a strong influence on a lot. And, in fact, if you talk to the Joel Klatz and the Travis Browns, so many of the quarterbacks, the Josh McDowns, you would see his web of influence so profound on so many because he knew what he was, and, I and, you know, I know we're – running short on time because I talk a lot, but to those that are seeking mentoring, just be authentic, right? If you're just listening to this, listening to this and you've listened to a lot of these Saturday mornings, that would be my encouragement. If you're sitting there going, ah, I don't know if I can be a mentor. I don't know what field. I don't know where I can. Oh, you can, but do it authentically. Do it with your strength of who you are and your strengths and, and even, you know, be vulnerable in your weaknesses. And that's okay. That's what great mentors were. And John Kitten was certainly one of those in my life. Denversports.com slash mentor. That's our site. We're encouraging people to go there, get involved with being a mentor. I'm Rod Sheeran here with Brock Hewitt on this Saturday morning. So uh, you chose to stay at home in college, you go to Washington, you get drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. So talk to me about the decision to finally leave the nest, I guess, so to speak. You head to Indianapolis. What's mm-hmm. that process like? Is it a little scary to finally leave the Pacific Northwest and does someone help you acclimate? Well, we kept home there. So that that was helpful. And we rented an Indy, but Tony Dungy was the rock there. You know, if John Kitna was the influence and the mentor to then go and watch Tony Dungy and in a business and in, in a world of professional sports where perception and reality are often skewed, it wasn't that way with Tony. Probably the strongest to this day of any man that I have ever been around, that I've ever covered, that in that case I played for, whose perception on the outside of who he was was exactly the reality of every minute, of every day, of every week of those two years there. And uh, that was that was enormous. And yeah, we share a conviction and a faith. That certainly helped. But just watching him treat the janitor the same way he treated Peyton Manning. And that's why they won a world championship. You know, that's why that took, it took Peyton to have a Tony Dungy there. I think at that point of his career and of his life to go, wow, you know, here, here's the man that treats everybody unbelievably well and is going to treat me even as talented as I am, as great a player I am. The same way he's going to treat the 53rd guy on the roster was, was a big step for that entire organization. And while I wasn't there, it was two years after I left. I knew everybody involved and felt like I had a tiny, I didn't play a role in it, but I certainly had a tiny piece in those two years of, of leading from the role that I did or encouraging from the role that I did um, in that situation. But it was in the shadow, certainly, of Tony Dungy. So, Brock, as you're wrapping up your football career, when does media start <laughs> to creep into your head and who helps you make that transition? Yeah, not something I ever imagined that I would do, to be honest with you. Uh, when my career ended in 05, I got into commercial real estate development. I love that. Again, knew a lot of people in that field, 
was connected, loved the team element of it, loved working for some quality people, and and the local radio just kind of kept knocking, and Seahawk Radio, where I had a lot of it, just experience, and the the late, great Dory Monson, who we lost last year in Seattle, became a friend who I'd worked Seahawk pre- and post-games with. That was my first foray into meeting. I was like, this is pretty cool, and I get to work with great people, and we get to have, like, you know, you do here at the station, Raj, a, a locker room. You know, it's the closest thing that I think any of us get to that experience where you're working with people that, you know, you can razz, you can have fun, you can grow, you can develop, and you compete. You compete to win. You compete to win in the ratings. You compete to to win with advertisers. And so, yeah, eventually there were many um, things that pointed me in that direction. But the Dory Monsons of the world, uh, people with Seahawk Radio of the world, were big influences early on. And then that leads you eventually to calling games on TV as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it leads to those doors opening and... Gosh, we could do uh, hours of this, Raj. Because, and I'm and I'm thankful that you guys are doing this here, and I'm and I'm hoping that those listening just here, this is just a little slice of it. Because then we didn't even get to life now, where I get a chance to pour into young guys. We're 15 years of being in media, and I love a chance. And I just got it this weekend. I worked a USFL game with a young guy getting into the field and texted me afterwards, and we had a great phone conversation. I just encouraged him to to talk and get on the radio and connect with people and pour into relationships because, you know, it's not just being on TV for three hours or not just doing a three-hour radio show. It is connecting. It is connecting. And mentorship is connecting. And uh, and it doesn't matter. And I hope these two segments prove to, to those listening that it really doesn't matter what your mouthpiece is, what your platform is. There is always an opportunity to be a mentor. Wonderfully said. DenverSports.com slash mentor. That's our website. Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Colorado. Just one of the great organizations locally you can get involved with. They're looking for mentors. But even if it's not that, even if it's coaching, even if it's in a less formal role, uh, you can definitely make an impact as some of the people you've heard Brock talk about today. Thanks a lot for joining us, Brock. You bet, Raj. Thanks. Be a mentor. Be a fan.